Welcome to this week's edition of the Casual Shooters Podcast, your premier podcast for the casual shooter. This week could actually be a special episode. Uh, instead of who, it's more what, with the addition of a who. But I'm bringing on one of the members of the Cardinal Practical Shooters to discuss the Buckeye Blast, Falling Steel, as well as the facilities that are hosting Carry Optics Nationals in June, as well as Iron Sight Nationals later in the year. Join me in welcoming to the show, Corey Katz. How you doing, Corey? Good. How are you, Dave? I'm well, thank you. I hope that uh, intro was all right with you. Love it. I've never gotten a standing ovation before, so. Uh, you know, a lot of people get it on this show. It's amazing. Yeah. You have you on more often, you get more standing ovations. Well, sounds like a plan. No. <laughs> all right. Go ahead and take a moment and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm Corey Katz. Uh, I am a competitive shooter in Northeastern Ohio, so I'm just outside of Cleveland. I am kind of the co-match director or assistant to the match director for Buckeye Blast and, and all of the matches that we have at Cardinal, um, all the USPSA matches that we have at Cardinal. So Cardinal um, is a newer range to competitive practical shooting, um, pistols and rifles, USPSA stuff, but is a kind of an old old range they've got a ton of shotgun sports going on there too so um new to the uspsa and, and the pistol games but but not new to shooting at all yeah um not to jump ahead but it seems like that's where it got its start and it looks like a huge shotgun range it's huge is an understatement okay all right there we go um so you, you told me earlier that you're a listener, so you know, you know, there's some difficult questions coming your way. I do. All right. So we have to start with our usual. What's your favorite movie? So I'm going to go with Holes. And the reason I was go I'm going with Holes, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a spinoff of a book. And hmm. it's kind of, it's an older one and it's before all the drama from you know all the politics and stuff like that got into the movie business and all that good stuff so oh. it's it's kind of a it's kind of an old standby but um and i read the book and then watched the movie years ago and just doesn't have any of the the politics what's the storyline um basically it's kind of a uh, it's a kid's work camp that they were supposed to be digging holes and that was their uh their punishment for doing whatever crimes that they did and what it turns out was they were actually looking for the, the warden's um, buried treasure that her father buried out there in the, in the middle of nowhere. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. So interesting. What, what year was that made? Do you know? How old is that? Made? Great question. I think holes, the movie was made probably in the, the mid to, you know, mid two thousands, probably. Oh, okay. And so, I, I no. don't know when the book was was written. Okay, so not that old. No. And it's H O L E S. Yep. All right. Let's just do a quick. Uh, we figure this. Two thousand three. There you go. Okay. Oh yeah. Brutal desert detention camp. Oof. Yep. Yeah, that's the one. Mm, not a fan of uh, heat like that. Me, me neither. Me neither at all. 
All right. So does that mean Holes is your favorite book? So, no. Um, more recently, I've been, I, I listened to a lot of books on tape, going to matches, driving for work, stuff like that. And um, the, the Hieronymus Bosch series that John Grisham wrote is really interesting. I'm kind of a sucker for like procedurals and stuff like that and crime, crime shows and crime um, books. And so I, I'm kind of like that, that genre and John Grisham does a good job of writing about it. Okay. Uh, you ever watch that TV show First 48? I've not. Oh, that's very interesting. Do you, have, to, ha, have you heard of it? I, no, I haven't actually. I think it's A and E. It might be A and E. Um, first forty-eight is when they're so this. There's a TV show. It's it's reality TV. Okay. Um, but it, but it's not it's not staged. They go back and they interview uh, detectives and whatnot. But a a serious crime will occur, like a murder. Mm-hmm. And what they say is the first 48 hours are the most critical. Right. The further beyond 48 hours you get, the harder it gets to determine who, you know, committed the crime. Of course, yeah. So it's a TV show just about all these different crimes in different places or around the country and stuff and what they're doing in those first 48 hours. Okay. It's pretty Interesting. cool. Yeah, it sounds like it. I've got it on my notepad, so. There you go. Yeah. Sounds like it'd be right up your alley. Yeah. So I don't know if you're into superheroes or not, but if you are, who would be your favorite? So I'm not really into superheroes, okay. um, but I wrote down a famous person. All right. I was thinking about a famous person. I'm down with that. And that would be George Washington for a couple reasons. He's kind of no, famous. Yeah. Sort of famous. You know, I've heard of him once. Yeah. <laughs> Two reasons. Number one, I don't think we would be here today whether it's on this podcast, you're talking about shooting it for sure without George Washington and his, uh, his band of, of colleagues. Number two, I'm a Mason. I'm a Freemason and George Washington is probably the most famous Freemason. Mm-hmm. So a lot of conspiracies around you guys too, just so you know, I, I've heard, I've heard one or two, <laughs> you know, and I, uh, speaking of George Washington for a minute, because I live about, 45, 50 minutes, maybe an hour drive from uh, his home, mm-hmm. uh, Mount Vernon. And it was interesting. And I've been up there several times, but I, I think the one thing that keeps drawing me back to him was his whole view on politics. He felt as president, he should only do his four years and then go back into private business. Yep. That's it. You go, you, you serve what little time you're supposed to serve. And then you get out of that and go back into the private sector and go on your merry way. Yeah. It it kind of aligns to to my thought process on holes is, you know, keep politics out of politics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, if you're going back into your, your private life after you serve the public good. Yes. You're really not, doing that for political reasons, for political gain, you're doing that because that's what you feel is best for the rest. I absolutely agree. If you're just staying in the, the that whole urn of nonsense, then, you know, it's obviously you're not actually there to help. You're, it's all personal gain. Yep. 
All right. How about your favorite gun and caliber? And they don't have to be married together. Yeah. So um, nine millimeter is a pretty simple choice for that one for me. Um, I just think it's super versatile. And it's really at this point what USPSA is built around. Because as much as people don't want to say it, 40s, 40s going by the wayside, um, you know, nine millimeter and, and maybe 38 super comp, but you're even seeing a, m- a lot more nine mil- nine major guns coming out too. Um, and then I'm personally have shot a lot of of um, PCC, so I'm going to go with a uh, with a Franken gun PCC, um, which is my go-to and has been since pretty much since PCC came out in USPSA. What do you run in for an optic on that? Uh, Seymour slide rag. Okay. All right. And then I'm now running why... the Shields buffer system, which is mm, I'm who I'm kind of supported by. It's okay. a roller buffer system, kind of like the, uh, it's, it's moving the idea of the JP5 back into the buffer. And it is supposed to um, delay the bolt from opening, pushes more gas out the front of the gun, which reduces dot movement. Okay. Interesting. Imagine there's even less felt recoil then. Yeah, so um, it, it does reduce a little bit of felt recoil, really reduces the dot bounce. Right. Um, and then also keeps your gun a lot cleaner. When I first put it in, I wasn't expecting that, but you know, PCC is a pretty dirty running gun, especially when you're running dirty powder. So I run uh, Peg Group which is a pretty dirty powder and it seems to keep the gun quite a bit cleaner. Well, that's interesting. I would have never guessed that. Now you said you felt that 40 is going away. Why do you say that? Um, if you just look me, so there's realistically one division that still uses 40 and that 40 is still competitive in, which is limited. Right. And if you look at the limited major, crop of of shooters that keep every year that gets smaller and smaller and smaller whether they're going to carry optics or they're going to open or now production optics maybe like that's i think that that pool of shooters is getting smaller and smaller all right so because you guys opened up a new division in buckeye blast when we get there we're going to talk about that (laughs) sounds good all right. So how, when did you first start shooting? Have you always grown up in Ohio? And So always grew up in Ohio. Um, it's kind of funny. My mom, it was a school teacher. She's retired now, but she was a school teacher. And she always, she never wanted guns in the house. I mean, to the point where when I was young and I was in the squirt gun age, she wouldn't let me have squirt guns. His guns yeah. were bad. Um, she, I think she had like a squirt dinosaur that she gave me to go fight my friends with squirt guns. (laughs) So back in like, I think it was like 2009, my dad finally got his first gun when I was old enough to know, Hey, don't touch this. If, if they say that I'm not supposed to that type of thing. And that's, that's when we both started shooting and we slowly waded our way into competitive shooting from there. And then now all three of us shoot. So my, um, both my parents shoot. 
uh, custom open guns and I shoot PCC. Wait a minute. Your mom shoots? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, my mom's that's... actually a NRA um, USCCA CCW instructor. What? All right. How do you get your mom to go from the NEA poster child of I'm anti-gun to <laughs> open and uh, all of that? So she's always been pretty on board with doing, like, with going with my dad and I to stuff that we we enjoyed. And so before we were, show, before we were shooting, we were showing dogs. Um, and the the family went out. We had a camp. We had a camper. We'd go out every weekend to a dog show. And at a certain point, my dad stopped. When we realized that we were planning the dog show schedule around where the shooting matches were, my dad realized that hey, maybe we should just go and find a shooting match and skip the dog showing. So my mom went with him, went with us a couple times, started pasting for us. And she was the range mom, which was a lot of fun. And cool. then, and we kept saying like, Hey, you should do this. You should do this. You should do this. And she's like, okay, fine. I'll, I'll go shooting. I'm not going to go compete, but I'll go shoot with you guys. Well, Long, one one thing leads to another. My dad buys her a competition gun and a belt and a rig and everything, um, mainly because he wanted a new gun. So <laughs> that, you know, things happen. And now, you know, my mom got the first open gun because he wanted a new gun. So now they have a matching set. Well, not a matching set, but a set of open guns for each other and and we have a lot of fun. So I, I shoot a lot of the majors. They typically only shoot locals. Um, but it's, it, it is kind of crazy how we go from, you know, she was very anti-gun to she's a Second Amendment supporter. Like every class that she starts, she talks about the Second Amendment and she makes a point of making everybody stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance. So wow. true patriot. That's like a 180 degree turn. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, how did you guys go from not having shot? Your dad finally gets a gun for you guys to be able to go shoot. How did you stumble across competition shooting? So the gentleman that taught us to shoot is a guy by the name of Greg Schaefer. And we knew him because his wife showed dogs. He was in the shooting and, and, in the shooting realm. So when she found out that my dad was looking for a gun, she hooked him, us up with her husband mm, okay. and Greg um, at one point was aligned with Matt Burkett and oh. ended up bringing the, um, what at that point was predator tactical into back into Ohio and, and started champion precision firearms. So Greg's been in the, in the sport for a long time. His, his son's in the sport as well. And, you know, we started out just learning how to shoot. And then we took a Matt Burkett class and we kind of got into shooting off of that. And one time Greg said, hey, come out and watch me shoot. The next time my dad's like, okay, I'm coming out and shooting with you. And then the third time he's like, Corey, you should come out too. All right. So and the funny part is my helped. first... My first competition gun was was an STI Edge, so it was comical that we just skipped the whole like production 
area. We just went straight to the good, you know, to the fun guns. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There was no production in your, in your shooting. No, we, we had a Glock. We had a Glock for a little while. And my dad's like, yeah, I don't like really like this. It doesn't have any character. It's just a, just a plain old black gun. We're like, yeah, let's just, let's get something stuff of character. Okay. Now, when was, what year was your first competition? I want to say 2011, but I could oh, be wrong wow. with that. Okay. I mean, so it was that relatively was... recently. Might even, might have even been later than that. But it also wasn't that far after him getting his first gun. No, it was pretty quick. I mean, we, and even when there was probably a little while where we were shooting, just not shooting USPSA. So we were shooting like bowling, um, bowling pins and stuff like that at, at local ranges. Um, and we got to know other people that were involved in the competition shooting kind of on the peripherals, if you will. I take it then um, limited was your first division and then PCC when it opened up in what was that 2017, I think it was. Yeah. So um, I actually joined USPSA in 2014. Um, okay. So limited was my first division. And then my first PCC classifier was back in like 2018. So a year after PCC became a thing legal. And what, um, what classification are you with the PCC? I'm a master shooter in PCC. Okay. What about limited? Well, so being a master in PCC makes me an A in limited, but realistically, I'm probably like a, a C in limited. Okay. But you, uh, you've obviously put some time in with the PCC. So yeah. Yeah. We, I, a couple of years ago and even and still, I'm, I shoot quite a bit. So this is probably since nationals has probably been the longest time where I haven't picked up a gun since I started shooting. So you took an off season then? Um, I took an off season from shooting. I have not taken an off season from USPSA because, well, match, you know, assistant match directing is a, is a lot of work. So, right. So, right. You've been doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, just yeah. nothing actually with the rifle in your hand shooting. Yeah. I've probably shot 25 rounds since, uh, oh, since national in October. Okay. I think I've fired a hundred, so I'm I'm a little bit just not far ahead of you though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, shoot, I, I should have written the question down, but oh, I know what it was. So I was talking to Matt Hopkins recently. Okay. And we were, I don't know if you've listened to that episode because you said you listened, but. I said, I, I would like to see a PCC Nationals where you test the gun and the shooter. And I said, you know, like 75 yard through a port, tuxedo target, but it would be your option. You know, you'd have a, a way to rest it if that's what you wanted to do. Um, obviously, there, there'd be options there. But what are your thoughts on diff more difficult targets at range for PCC? For, against, neutral... So I'm relatively neutral, um, maybe maybe even leaning towards against. And, and the reason I say that is the way the PCC has built up in this sport is we're shooting a rifle at a pistol match. 
So to look at that and say, okay, at nationals, you're shooting a rifle at a rifle match. But in comparison, at all your other matches that you shoot, you're shooting a rifle at a pistol match. It's kind of disjoint. It would be slightly disjointed. So now if we were IPSC, and IPSC runs PCC separately, typically, from pistol matches, they have their um, PCC and and minigun league kind of separate from handgun. That would be fine. Because then we're running separate PCC matches. But that's just me. I mean, I'm, yeah, I enjoy and, shooting. And I should clarify that too, because I don't mean like every stage either. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, I mean, I just mean like interspersed. Like if you have a, say a 24 stage nationals, mm-hmm. then, then you might have four stages where you have a 75 yard shot. A 75-yard shot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or a 75-yard target. So kind of like 2020 at uh, Frostproof with Carry Optics Nationals where they had the 42-yard target out there. You know. Yeah, so if I remember correctly, 2020 was a – ended up being a standalone Nationals. Wasn't that right? Back-to-back with – PCC was standalone back to back with uh, with multi gun and frost group. Um, is that nineteen? Uh, it may have been that might have been nineteen because twenty twenty it was carry optics and production. Okay. Um, at, so you had production shooters engaging a forty two yard target. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm perfectly fine. Like last year was PCC and production, and you know. Some of those stages wiped me out as a PCC shooter, and yet production shooters were were killing it. So, I you know there's some there's some challenges that are not necessarily shooting challenges that are inherent with a long gun that PCC that oh, production yeah. shooters don't have to worry about, or right. handgun shooters don't have to worry about. Navigating through tight wall positions is something we have to con- con- consider that a handgun doesn't. So I, I think they're relatively evenly matched. You know, other than, you know, optic versus irons, I think that's a bigger differentiator than than pistol versus rifle. I would agree. Yeah, I could even see where, what was it? Uh, Yeah, it was uh, last year. Carry Optics Nationals. I'm trying to remember if PCC shot with open last year. So in 2022, PCC shot with production. Because it was supposed to be the four gun nats in Colorado, and then that got moved. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. Well, and I, now I'm wondering. No, I had it right. Yeah. So I was, I could see where my what I was getting at is, they had the um, tunnel. The last stage at Carry Optics Nationals was a tunnel, and that that would have been tight if you had a PCC because. You go halfway through the tunnel and there's a port on each side, <laughs> you know, low port. So you're shooting out of one side and then shooting out of the other. Yeah, it's hard because people say, oh, PCC is the reason why we don't have Cooper tunnels anymore. PCC is the reason why we don't have doors anymore. You know, it's not, it, it shouldn't be a stopper. It shouldn't be the reason why we don't have these props anymore. But 
there are some match directors out there and, and some stage designers that say, hey, we, you know, a piece, I can never ask a PCC to open a door. I, I do it all the time. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate where I, I live in an area that we have a couple high level stage builders and, and match um, directors that it, there's a there's a match that I go to that there's probably a door in there every other month. And oh. yet there's other matches that I don't see, you, you know, that they haven't had a door since PCC came out. So it's really the comfort of the whoever the match director is. Yeah, you just or have to know how to navigate designer. it. You just, I mean, as a competitor and a stage designer, you just have to know a, how to set it up, B, how to navigate it. You know, I'm a left-handed PCC shooter. So I've got to, I come, I come to the, to the stage, every stage I go to completely different than 90% of the rest of the, the field. Because, you know, I have to make sure that my hand's out of the way when I open the door. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. You are, you are a very small um, percentage yeah. One PCC and then second a lefty. Holy cow! Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I just but then again, to... it's funny because I'll I'll walk to walk up to a stage and compl- and look at it the exact opposite that that you would if you were running a PCC. And sometimes I look at it and say that's a better stage plan, and then the rest of the squad follows me and says, "Oh yeah, that you're right. That is a better stage plan that I would never have looked at if." you weren't on the stage. And sometimes they're even, sometimes it makes more sense for me to go the opposite direction. Now, do you, I assume you primarily look at it like, like back when you were shooting limited, you know, whichever way gives you, I imagine you would look at wanting to reload running from right to left, whereas I prefer reloading going from left to right. Yeah. I mean, I don't reload too often well no not with pcc but maybe in limited you did you know i always want to run if i can if i'm doing any distance running um i want to run from right to left because then the gun is across my body rather than the gun being out right whereas i'm the exact opposite so i could see where you would walk through the stage going that direction first whereas i do the opposite all right so in 2014, 20, 2011, you shoot your first. Um, it was probably 2014 that I shot my first. I, I probably got, um, I, I probably ended up getting uh, my USPSA membership right oh, about membership. the same time I shot my first match. Okay. Now, at what point after 2014 did you decide you wanted to become more involved locally with the matches so 2014 i graduated high school i'm I'm 27 years old so um 2014 i graduated high school 2018 i graduated college i think it was probably the somewhere in in that general vicinity summer after my junior or senior year that i really said okay i've got time and i've got a little bit of extra cash from my college job Hey, I'm going to actually get into this and, and shoot a bit more. You know, so I was probably shooting every weekend in 20, you know, over the summer. And then um, once I graduated school and I became an RO one of the last couple weeks of 20 of the summer of 2017. And then once I graduated school and was out making adult money, <laughs> it's a lot right. easier to go, go travel and have a lot of fun. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you're not eating ramen at college. Exactly. Or, or still eating ramen, but just spending all, you know, more money right. on shooting. Instead of school. Yeah. I'm with you there. Okay. So what, what'd you get your degree in? Um, I'm a financial advisor. So I was in uh, insurance and sales. Okay. So you knew you were going down the wrong route of finances with shooting, but you did it anyway. Oh yeah. But it's a lot of fun. It was worth it. Right. It's a cash magnet. Oh, so. it is. It can be. How you said earlier that Cardinal Practical Shooters is relatively young. Mm-hmm. Um, how long has Cardinal Practical Practical Shooters been around? So, Cardinal Practical Shooters was founded founded in twenty twenty two. Whoa. Yeah. So this is only our set. Like we're coming up on our second year of running USPSA matches there. Wow. Okay. We're, were they, how, wow. That's, um, I don't even know how to phrase the question, but <laughs> we'll try this again. Why are you guys so how- crazy? No. <laughs> well, I mean, how do you get a group of guys to come together and go, Hey, let's, hold a match over here where there hasn't been a match. Yeah, before. So, so Ohio is a very strong competitive shooter landscape. Um, we're, we're, we've got enough clubs that we have two sections in Ohio, which is not common. You know, Ohio is not a huge state either. So we've got two sections in Ohio. We've got, I think 13 or 15, somewhere in the, you know, in the teens number of clubs in the state of Ohio. Um, but nothing in Columbus. And we always knew that that was a, a range that we were interested in, um, but nothing was down there. So a, a guy named Don Bates from Buckeye Speed Shooters went in and, and organized the first steel, um, so steel challenge match at Cardinal. And with that steel challenge match, he primed us to be able to talk to the Cardinal leadership and say, Hey, we want to do USPSA here too. Um, so it was a, it was a group effort between Rick Steele, the area five director and, um, and Scott BB, the section coordinator in Northern Ohio. And then Don Bates and Dan click. And I, how, so, um, how open were they to that? Um, initially not very open at all. And that goes back a long time ago, but more, I mean, more recently they've been very open They're at some point, someone out there put a goal that they wanted to host as many national events as possible for any, for as many different shooting disciplines as possible. So it's taken them a couple iterations to get there for, for pistol but they're finally able, you know, we're finally in a position where they've got the right type of bays coming in and, and the right type of bays. They've got the right type of, the right people involved and we're, we're hitting the ground running. I mean, the, the property looks very large. The, and I know there's a lot of amenities on there too, like campgrounds and yeah. other stuff. So the property just looks ginormous. Um, 
So you guys didn't have to go the Scott Arnberg route where he said they basically had to infiltrate their board of directors where he was at so that they could get rid of the, the anti or have enough pro gun pro competition shooters on there to expand where he was working. You guys were able to work with him. Yeah. We, I mean, they were very fortunate that the pistol range, once we've convinced them and have shown them now that, Hey, this is something that is viable that they have really embraced us and, and have partnered with us to expand the program. You guys are in April. You have, yeah, um, the buck or is it May? Buckeye first oh, weekend May. of May, right? So you guys have the Buckeye Blast coming up in the, that first week. It's like May fourth. How long is this your first one? So, not the first Buckeye Blast in the state of Ohio, but the first Buckeye Blast at Cardinal. Okay. All right. I was going to say, I thought I'd heard of it before, but I didn't really see much out there about it. Okay. And yeah, so this is the first major that we're holding at Cardinal for USPSA. And how long has that been in the works? Like how long did it take for you guys to put that together and talk to whoever was doing it before, or was it you guys and then just moved it? Um, it's been almost, it was, it'll be almost a year that since from start to finish by the time we get around to, to May 1st. Um, the former match director and range was, they, they'd been doing it for a while. And at the end of the day, they were just ready to kind of ready for it to move on. You know, it's a lot of work. Right. And so when Dan and I got involved in Cardinal, we had always kind of joked, oh yeah, the second year we'll run a major and it came up that, Hey, does anyone want to run a major part? You know, does anyone want to run this Buckeye blast? If, if no one else wants to run it, we're probably not going to run it next year. And we mm -hmm. said, yeah, sure. We'll run it. And a couple iterations thereafter, um, we really got rolling in October as far as you know, we had a date picked and we were opening up staff applications and stuff like that. And then we're first week, you know, first week of March, and we've got forty-eight slots left. Yeah, it's mostly full. Yeah. Um, any surprises so far in that year of planning? Um, you know, I, I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. There, the state of shooting is a weird is a weird thing right now. You know, we were told, oh, it's hard to get sponsors. You know, it's hard to get staff. Fortunately, we haven't had those problems. Um, so pleasantly surprised that the people that said, oh, yeah, you're going to have a hard time getting enough staff to do what you want to do. Hard time getting enough shooters to do what you want to do. Sponsors. We have been pleasantly surprised that that hasn't been our biggest challenge. All right. Now, that, that brings up a bigger question then. I'm wondering if that has to do with variety. And I say that because... You know, people were getting sick of Frostproof when Nationals was being held down there. Maybe people were tired of seeing where the Buckeye Blast was being held before and they were just same old grind. You know what I mean? I'm wondering I'm if people sure. like that variety of moving it around, changing things up. I'm not sure. 
Um, I, I think variety is definitely important. I mean, most of us don't like to eat the same meal for for dinner five, seven days a week. You know, case in point for variety. But I, I think a lot of it is that we, so Dan and I, are also out there traveling to matches. We're talking to shooters. We're asking them, hey, what does the perfect match look to, look like to you? And fortunately, we've had the flexibility with, with Cardinal and, and some of our sponsors to say, we want to do it. We want to make it perfect for the shooter. So we're bringing in, you know, we asked, hey, what does, what does great food look like to you? And we found Bobby from Barbecue. Yeah. So Bobby's coming to our match. We asked shooters, what does the best match look like to you? And they said, it looks like Area 6 and, um, and the Carolina sectionals that do staff reset. We said, sounds great. We'll do staff reset. We found out that people don't want to shoot 12 stages in a day, 13 stages in a day. Sounds great. We'll, we'll split it up in two days. So I, I feel, all those different things. Interesting. I feel like you got a hold of my Google account and read some of my questions because those were exactly – I was going to ask – why a split day format? That's interesting. That uh, now, how did you guys, how did you guys get the feedback? Because like I just posted a survey about live streaming. Would mm-hmm. people watch live streaming nationals? So I put it out on Instagram. Used Google Forms. You know, created a survey. How did you guys go about getting your f- uh, feedback in order to format your match? Boots on the ground. So Dan just talking I... to people. So Dan Click um, is the match director for Buckeye. He okay. was a range master candidate last year and is now a range master. We were, so he went to all, he, he worked all the nationals last year, except for um, World Speed Shoot and PCC um, production. I was at PCC production. So we saw, theoretically, everyone that shot nationals, they either saw Dan or I. We were at Area 5. We were at Battle for the North Coast. We were at the Buckeye Blast last year. Um, Kentucky, Western Pennsylvania, Ryan Rocks. Like, any of the majors in our area, in our geographical, like Ohio, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, we were there. We were talking to shooters. We were talking to staff. I mean, I had a – before or after Nationals last year, I had a list of probably 25 staff members that said, hey, Corey, I'll shoot your – I'll work your match. We didn't even have a, a, a an application out yet. Wow. I was getting names and phone numbers and, and email addresses of people saying, hey, yeah, Corey, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, as long as I'm available, I'll, shoot your match. I'll work your match. And Dan had the same list. That, so it's just, I, thought... I mean, I'm in sales. He's kind of in sales. He's, he's in accounting, but he does some sales and accounting. And, and we, so it's just out there talking to people, asking, hey, what do you want to see? Yeah, because I found it interesting when I was looking at the match on practice score. I'm like, well, that's wild. It's an afternoon Friday, morning Saturday, afternoon Saturday, morning Sunday. But there's also an all-day Saturday. Yeah. Now, how do you work? I assume you must be staggering where... The people who shoot half day Friday, half day Saturday, I'm assuming they're starting on one half of the stages and the all day Saturday is starting on the other half of the stages. And then when the afternoon session comes in on Saturday, they're going to shoot the section that the all day just finished shooting. 
kind of. Um, okay. So the all day, there's only two squads for all day Saturday. Okay. So there are t- theoretically we can in each during each time slot. So I'm going to call the main time slots of Friday afternoon, Saturday morning, and Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning. In each time slot, I could have a total of 12 squads moving at a time. So instead of running 12 squads in both of those time slots, I'm only putting 10 in both of those time slots, which allows me to have two squads of all days Gotcha. on Saturday. So basically, in each zone on Saturday, there's going to be one squad that's an all-day squad working through that zone, both in the morning and the afternoon. Because at the end of the day, it's the same number of stages, the same number of stops that they have to hit, whether they shoot right. them half day Friday and half day Saturday or all day Saturday. Hey, I guess I didn't look at the actual number of squads there to see that there were 10 and 2. Yeah. So, so the, initially, we didn't know whether we didn't know whether people would even like it. So I, I reserved like four squads for all day Saturday just in case because I didn't want the match to... I figured the I figured the Saturday-Sunday squads and the all-day Saturday squads would go first, which they did. But okay. I think I just put the last person into the all-day Saturday squads, like, Friday. So, I mean, the, the all-day Saturday squads did not move as quickly as I thought they would, which meant that people were okay with shooting Friday-Saturday or Saturday-Sunday. I mean, very few people called me and said, I have to shoot all-day Saturday or I can't come to your match. So they're doing like just a smaller national style format. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, national maybe. style. Area six does something similar. I, I mean, I was t- kind of talked to my parents. Um, they, my dad doesn't like shooting majors anymore, and I asked him why, and he says I don't want to shoot all twelve stages in one day. I said, sounds great. What if we shot? What if you shot? But you don't mind shooting two club matches in a weekend. Club mm. matches around us are six stages on average, five to six stages. Doesn't mind okay. shooting two club matches in a weekend, but doesn't want to shoot a major on one day. So why don't we just give you a major that has two back-to-backs and it's like shooting two club matches in the same weekend. I mean, it's, it's if you, you know, like, you know, obviously, I mean, shooting in nationals, you're never, you're never tired at the end of your, your half day well, shooting. Your, so. Staff is. I've actually <laughs> well, yeah, they're. They're there all day, so yeah, and they I've shoot all day. I've actually shot as a competitor at nationals. I've only shot a staff. Oh, really? So, yeah. Okay. Well, then you are tired. Yeah. <laughs> I am not. Yeah, it's five <laughs> days of vacation for you know. It's three days of vacation for you. It's five days of work for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely getting the better deal, for sure. So I can see why the draw would be there. I I still do though for a you know a one we'll call it a one day major um, that people like to split it up and shoot the two days. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty wild. You know, and, and the, the, the other concern that I, that we were having and we were hearing was cost. So co- not cost of the major itself, but cost of, Oh, I've got to buy an extra hotel room. But at the end of the day, we were, we were looking at it and we're like, okay, if you're within five hours, theoretically, you can come in and shoot, you know, come drive in Friday, Friday morning or Saturday morning, shoot in the afternoon, stay your one night, shoot in the morning and leave. Easy and the people day. that are, you know, the people that are super serious about shooting majors, 
they're already coming in for two nights, whether it's the day before and the day after, or even, you know, two days before and the, you know, and the night of. Yeah. And I imagine most of them are doing the Saturday afternoon, Sunday morning, where they fly in Friday evening, fly yeah. out Sunday evening. They spend all morning, you know, walking stages, watching people shoot. So yeah, I totally get it. And that to me would be the optimal way to shoot your match. So well, I've got one slot left on Saturday on, on Saturday Sunday, so we should see you there. <laughs> ah, you know what? I looked at it, but my wife is making a trip to Hawaii, and I so I'm on uh, Great Dane duty for those two weeks starting that weekend. Actually, bummer. Yeah, her and her sister, um, her niece, so her sister's daughter's in Hawaii. So okay. they yeah they were just there in September. They're going back in in May. So. Nice for me because I still get to take a little time off from work and hang out with the dog, so I'm all right with that. Gotcha. Now, you, you mentioned that, so getting into Buckeye Blast real quick, mm-hmm. one of the questions I did have, and you kind of touched on it, was you were told that getting sponsors would be difficult, but it seems like you have quite a few sponsors, and as soon as you mentioned limited optics, somebody stepped up and sponsored that. It was actually, um, we had already somewhat had it lined up before limited optics was announced. We don't have to tell anybody. It's fine. <laughs> um, so did, how many of the sponsors actually came to you and how many did you go reach out to and ask? We reached out to all of them. Okay. I mean, sponsors for the most part, sponsors don't show up on your doorstep. Okay. Um, I, I, there was maybe one or two, you know, and, and the one or two are people that I personally, like, I shoot with or work with. So, you know, they, they, they came and said, hey, we're, we're in, we're in, just send me the sponsorship packet whenever you get around to it. But for the most part, we, we asked them all. Okay. I didn't know if maybe there were some returning sponsors that are like, you know, we're enjoying sponsoring this match. So well, it's kind of a whole new, I mean, it's, it's basically a whole new match. So okay. we didn't have too many of those people saying, I mean, hopefully next year we will, but it's pretty much a whole new match. I mean, neither Dan or I were involved other than his ROs or stats last year. So we didn't really have, we didn't get any of the contact information or anything like that. From oh, last year. okay. Um, I think it was 2020 and yeah, 2020 and 2021. Keanu Sai was the match director for Area 8 up at Shadowhawk, which is uh, the West Virginia, Maryland, mm-hmm. um, Virginia confluence there. And he did something interesting where he sent out Google surveys to all of the shooters and then, you know, posted those results. Have you guys considered anything like that post-match for the competitors? Yeah, I mean we're going to be on the range having the conversations with competitors, but yes, that, that is the plan is to, you know, have, you know, get the after action reports, both from staff and competitors and make sure, Hey, what did you like? You know, I, I call it a plus Delta. What did you like? What do you want to change for next year? So, yeah, I mean, yes, that is the plan. Um, and we'd be crazy not to. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I mean, you know, you can, I I love that you guys are talking to people. That's great. I mean, you've already made, you know, you've changed the format of probably how you would have done the match had you not talked to people to find out. But 
it's easy six months later to forget, oh, shoot, what did that one guy say about this, oh, yeah. you know, A, B, and C, and having it written down is nice. Now, is there any discussion of any type? This goes back to the survey that I put out. Um, has there been any comment or have, have you in your travels heard anything about people desiring live streaming? You know, it's an interesting conversation. I think lives, I would love to see, you know, um, I would love to see the future where we have this on TV in some way, shape or form. I, I don't know how realistic it is, but I, and I think the first step is, well, let's get it on YouTube and see what people think about it on, you know, live streaming on YouTube. Agree. You know, and I think maybe I'm coming from it from a match perspective of any match could use a little bit of money for someone to come in and pay them to be on the range and run TV. You know, if, if you've got a ESPN sponsorship deal, that type of thing, realistic, right. probably not, but maybe it's, maybe it is. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying with Matt about how USPSA may be a challenge to, to run as a, you know, as a ESPN sport because it's hard to score. A lot of downtime. Yeah. Right. Whereas, you know, um, so two weeks before Buckeye Blast, we've got a falling steel match at Cardinal, which mm -hmm. is being, um, it's a falling steel world series, which is kind of that perfect medium for the live stream. You can watch and see it's, it's time and, and how many, you know, and the steel that fell. So it's, you know, we get a lot of, from what I've, what I've been seeing and what I'm hearing from the match directors, they get a lot of hits on social media with that. They get a, um, it plays well and it looks good. People can see, oh yeah, that guy, that guy shot it faster than the next guy. So, you know, whether we're not, we're doing live streaming, we'll probably, you know, go live on social media, but I don't know whether we'll have a formalized live streaming plan and and it is you know mostly conversation um i and i could see where it would be much more difficult you know doing state matches sectional matches and stuff like that because you're you may not have as much draw um but at a national level match i could see where for sure you know there'd be maybe more draw to watch but I wanted to bring it up to mention it specifically. Nick Walden had commented, and I thought it was a pretty, it was very interesting comment I had not considered, which is, what about a delay of like 10 minutes? Then you could, you know, cut out the the pasting. You could even cut out the, the lifting of the steel or um, even the delay between shooters, stuff like that. It would be... I think there are some ways to do it, but it's in its infancy. So I agree the the way to start is small, like with a YouTube. Yeah. I, see what the interest is. USPSA did it, I think, two matches. Um, I know they did it back in 2021. They had the the Mevo set up on, you know, 10 or the tw 10 of the 20 bays at um, at nationals and i'm not sure so they say and, and i believe them I, they say it's because of internet changes 
And I mean, I was out there both years and I, I noticed there was a difference in the internet from one year to the next. Okay. Um, whether they bring those to Cardinal and, and say, hey, we're going to set them up. We've got internet. You know, we're, we're about 20 minutes north of Columbus. So it's, it's they, you know, it's not in the middle of nowhere. We're right off 70, I-71 in, in the heart of Ohio. If they bring them, great. If not, that's fine too. Yeah, I mean, I actually did a uh, a Google of cell phone coverage of that area. And I mean, because mm-hmm. you guys are right off the interstate, it's basically every carrier has very good coverage yeah. of that spot. So, I mean, you, you know, you could use cell phone coverage. I don't know what you guys have for amenities there, like um, Wi-Fi, but... I, I know we have it, um, and we're working on... So we're currently in the in a project to expand the range. Um, it'll be done by mid-April, I believe, to have... We're going from 12 action shooting bays to 21 action shooting bays. Um, okay. So, I mean, it has to be done for, for the Buckeye Blast. So, and, and I know they're, I think they've got three quarters of it done now. So the only question is, will Wi-Fi be there by, by Buckeye Blast? And we're hoping yes. That's the one thing that they said, we're not 100% sure whether we're going to be able to get it done. Um, but part of the range is already covered by Wi-Fi. Now, I don't know what the internet protocol is there as far as how much internet is available. So it probably won't be open to the public but it'll at least be enough for to run like live scoring and stuff like that on part of the range. Even that would be pretty interesting, you know? Yeah, I, I've run it. So I've done stats um, at all the matches except for one last year that I worked or two, I ran stats and live scoring is the way to, is the way to go get rid of the printers and the tap, you know, and, and the, yeah. and the scribe and all that stuff. And you're off to the races. Yeah, absolutely. And make it so people can track the scores, you know? Right. They, they love that. Yeah, some of the major, you know, some of the big competitors love it and some of the big competitors keep away from it. They crumple up their receipt and toss it in their bag and and they don't want to know. But you know, anybody else wondering Oh yeah, the rest of us are watching it. Have they have they hit approved yet? <laughs> right. Exactly. I can even remember I was um I was working the Virginia State match back in 2020 and man it was uh I think it was yeah it was either 2020 or 2021 either one um but it was a tight match coming right down to the end and literally everybody was on the practice score competitor app you know refresh 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 just to see who was going to win the match it was pretty wild watching all well. the different people I mean, I think Carry Optics was pretty darn close to it, wasn't it? Wasn't it the ladies that were? The ladies, yes. Yeah, that would that literally came down to um, Justine Williams' last stage run. Yeah, it was. Uh, they had like three of the ladies who were within fifteen points of each other. So that yeah, was and PCC tight. wasn't quite that close for for number one and two, but a buddy of mine was in the, was vying for the top for the top ten. And so I was refreshing mm. all day long while he was shooting to figure out. And, and after he was done, because he shot in the morning on Sunday to figure out what exactly, uh, you know, where he'd end up. Well, imagine limited nationals where it was less than a point. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Holy cow. Yep. Uh, you could burn, you could burn some phones up with the many times you'd be hitting refresh with those. 
Yeah, I'll be at Limited Nationals um, in, at Cardinal this year, so I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing Nils shoot his Canik in and beat the you know beat major shooters, major power factor shooters. But that means it's also production, right? That's uh, fair. But I mean, yeah, we'll see. I have a feeling he's he'll shoot. He'll probably shoot production. I mean, who, he probably will, and then he'll have a steel gun shooting production too. Holy yep. cow! Well, I had a joke written down. <laughs> You guys, you guys have juniors and active duty military only a hundred dollars. So I was like, so does that mean Roy Jones Jr. would be able to shoot for a hundred bucks? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, his last name ends in Junior. I mean, <laughs> but I know what you meant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, maybe I shouldn't define it. You know, don't worry, it's already been updated. <laughs> I think most people get it. <laughs> now, you guys though did. Um, how long after they made the announcement of the provisional division of limited optics, did you guys announce that you had added it to the match? I mean, within 12 hours, less than that. Okay. Well, I, actually, I take that back. I don't know exactly when Yemen posted that video. I saw the video about 7 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. Um, yeah, it was pretty early. Yeah, I mean... He, and he said, I posted it this morning, last night. So I don't know whether he's in Florida or in California right now. But, um, yeah, we posted, I think, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, something like that. Oh, okay. You know, and, and then we got 25 comments and, and messages and some of our friends. Actually, it's funny. Um, Rick Powers is the your gun, butter, uh, your gun butter advocate. Yes. And he is in... <laughs> the greater Cleveland area. And he messages oh, okay. me and he's like, Hey, are you sure? And I said, yeah, you, you don't trust me. And he's like, well, no, <laughs> he said, no, he's like, yeah, I trust you, <laughs> but I want proof. Trust, but verify. Right, exactly. Trust, but verify. So, um, I guess, uh, Dan saw him over the weekend and they were joking about, they were laughing about that. Well, and, and this is neither here nor there, but, um, I guess still nobody has actually signed up for limited optics. I think there's, there was one. I don't know whether he's still there or not, but there okay, was one. Yeah. I'm looking at the breakdown, the match breakdown right now on practice score, and yeah. it's not showing one, so I don't know. He might have switched, switched. Yeah. Um, so. I, I think we may – so keep in mind, it's, the, it's literally – so I, the reason I wanted to make a splash with it was it's the first match – it's the first major match, and theoretically – the first match that allows limited optics. We start on a, on a Thursday, you know, unless there's, you know, matches Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, we are the first match that's allowing me limited optics. Definitely at this point, the first major, I didn't really care whether anyone shot it or not. I just wanted to make a splash and saying that it was out there. There you go. You, and you know, if can... I look at my, if I look at my, I, I constantly monitoring my Facebook, uh, analytics and I typically get, you know, three, 400 uh, views on stuff. Well, that one has 11,000 reaction, you know, um, people reached. Wow. So it, it did what it, it did what I wanted it to do. There you go. Yeah. It made a splash. And now so. at what, at what point, um, I mean, you had mentioned earlier that the Cardinal Shooting Center decided they wanted to hold as many national events as possible. 
at what point did they make the determination that that was going to include pistol and that they wanted to have USPSA nationals there this year? I, I would say that it was decided probably over the, you know, it was definitely a solid summer. Um, I think it was announced at carry optics nationals. So it was, it was probably decided mm-hmm. a month or two before that, at least um, the carry, the, the carry optics nationals at Cardinal was probably decided a month or two before that. They were approaching each other, if you will, USPSA and, and Cardinal leadership were approaching each other, even for for nationals earlier than that. And Cardinal kind of said thanks, but no thanks, because um, they weren't ready yet. Okay. But now with us having a year under our belts, as far as you know, we've got a year's worth of steel, we've got a year's worth of targets, and then we're we're buying another whole set of stuff for for all the matches coming up that we uh, plus we had jake martins on the range numerous times over the last year so he came out to um he came out to the first steel match or the the first uh, steel major that we had out there in 2021 he was out on the range for we we did the what we think is the first ever steel and uspsa match so we had four USPSA stages and four steel challenge stages on the same range at the same time. Interesting. Um, so we, he was out there for that. And then, and so I, I mean, he's seen the range. So it, it was just a matter of getting the right people talking and kind of planting the, uh, the planting the idea, yeah. which didn't okay. take much convincing. Well, and that's what I was going to ask. I'm like, well, how did they, I was going to ask who approached too, because, you know, even when I was talking to Matt Hopkins, there are matches out there that can hold the nationals, but not everybody knows of other areas that are looking to expand. So with you saying Jake had been there, well, then that makes sense that that too would have discovered, oh, and then them are going, oh, here's a guy who's in the USPSA at, at a, an administrative level that could actually facilitate some of this. Yeah, I mean, Jake's in, Jake lives in, um, in, Indianapolis, I believe, or just outside of Indy. So that's only th- probably two, two and a half hours, maybe a little bit longer than that from from Cardinal. So it's probably a little okay. bit further out than he would want to go for a, just a club match. But when we ask him, hey, you know, when we're telling him cool stuff like, hey, we're going to run the first um, Steel Challenge USPSA combo match, he was interested. How, how did you guys score that? How does this score? It, it was that two separate matches that just were held on the same day at the same time in the same range. Oh, okay. I so thought the, it was the idea, like eight stages and half of them are USPSA, half are Steel no. Challenge. No, unfortunately, the, the rule set doesn't allow that. Um, but the what the the idea was is we wanted to get USPSA shooters exposed to to Steel Challenge. We wanted to get Steel Challenge shooters exposed to USPSA. So let's run them at the, on the same day at the same time. So mm. we set it up where. A steel challenge shooter for ten extra dollars could go shoot USPSA. We had the belts, the guns, everything that they just they just needed to supply their own ammo. Um, and I think we I don't think we got really anybody from Steel Challenge that didn't already shoot USPSA. But a couple of the USPSA guys went over and shot Steel Challenge because it's a lot easier to move from st- from USPSA to Steel Challenge than it is from Steel Challenge to USPSA. I've been looking at Cardinal. Where exactly are they building the new bays? Basically right next to the old ones. 
So okay. there's what we kind of say is four ranges there. The first range is the old, what we call concrete bays. That's range one. So that's, we're not even using that. Now, if someone else wants to go over there and, and sight in a gun, they're more than welcome to it. But that's open for the public still at the match. You've got the wood bays, which are where we've been shooting USPSA for the last year. Can you can you see that, Corey? Yeah. Okay. Um, so over here, it looks like you've got the big shotgun range. And I, this is Google Earth. So, yeah, so if you zoom in right where you're right in the middle of the screen where your cursor's at. This up here, I guess this is the rimfire range here. Yeah, that's the bullseye range. Okay. Now, so, go ahead. Yeah, so right right in the middle there is the um there's a building that's going to be Red Feather Outfitters. So there's going to be okay. a pistol a gun shop on site. Right in front of that is the what we call the wood bays or range two to the top of the screen is the range three, which is the, um, which is the rimfire slash um, bullseye range. And then further to the, to, to the top of that is the new nine bays. And the new nine bays run from basically the rimfire range all the way up to that house. So, all right. So let's back up for a second. So what are these? So range one. Yeah, that's the concrete base that were kind of the legacy range that is available for the public to go use anytime they want. Well, okay. not anytime they want, but that's a it's a public open, you know, you can go pay your money and go shoot there. You don't have to be a member. You don't have to be a member. Okay. Now, two, now you said this is Red Something Outfitters? Yeah, Red Feather Outfitters is their new gun store that'll be opening the weekend of Buckhead Blast. Okay. And the what what type of bays are these? These are wood, they're wood bays that are packed with media. So we can shoot through them. We've, I mean, we've tested them that there, no bullets are coming through there, but we use bullet traps to save the walls. Oh, okay. All right. So... We, t we try not to shoot side to side, but when we do shoot side to side, we use bullet traps. Gotcha. I gotcha now. And then up here is going to be range four, the new, you said nine bays? Yeah, nine dirt, you know, earth burn bays. Right. Okay. And if, if I remember correctly, I saw something there 75 feet deep or? S something like that. I, I haven't. Um, the last time I was out there, it was super muddy, so we didn't get a chance to go out and measure. Mm, okay. But I'll be there the first weekend of April, so you'll probably see some social media from me. Okay. Now, my question would be, are three of those four going to be in play for Nationals, or which ones of the four ranges, which ones are in play for Nationals? So... From what my understanding is, two and four will be used for nationals. Okay. Gotcha. Um, two and four will be used for Buckeye Blast. Okay. And, and three will actually be used. So um, Corey Shield of Shield Manufacturing and Da Vinci Firearms, along with um, Outdoor Dynamics and the Falling Steel World Series, are doing a side match within, within Bay 3, or um, Range 3. Range 3? Okay. So you'll... 
people have the opportunity to shoot top of the line Da Vinci's head to head for free with their with their friends and you know whoever wins wins. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Is this another opportunity for Isaac Lockwood to walk away with a bunch of cash? Is that what um, I'm hearing? <laughs> I don't know what the side, you know, so I know that part of it's free and the prizes for that are, are um, certificates for different people, right. but I don't know why they wouldn't allow, allow, you know, if Isaac wants to come up and shoot, you know, it's, it's going to be head to head all steel with a, you know, with a crossing popper. So it's different than just uh, than just doing a bill drill. When I was looking, um, doing you know Google search type stuff, mm-hmm. Google Maps, you've got the um, truck stop right over here across the road. But it it looks like you, there's actually a lot of stuff within about thirty minutes of the range, regardless oh, yeah. of direction. Tons. Yeah. So south of the range, two exits. You know, one exit is hotels. Um, that's the Sunbury exit. There's hotels. There's places to eat. There's stuff like that. Two exits is like the first, you know, is, is Columbus basically, you know, is the first is Polaris, which is a ton of shopping and stuff like that. South exits North or, you know, getting up into Mansfield and stuff like that. Ashland, if you go far enough. Yeah. Here's Marengo here. Yep. And then you're saying it's a little further North than that. Well, South is the means is really, you know, people are, sta- are staying in, in Columbus if the people are staying anywhere, I'd recommend they stay in Columbus just because it's, there's okay. a lot more to do. Yeah, and that's, what, like 30 minutes from the range, correct? Yeah. North Columbus is like 20 minutes to the range. Okay. I think the, the, the airport is like 34 minutes or something like that. And what size airport is Columbus? It's a, you know, I would say it's probably a mid-sized um international airport i mean it's columbus is the i want to say columbus is the largest city in the state of ohio bigger than cleveland and cincinnati well cleveland yes just mainly because when i say that columbus keeps expanding whereas cleveland is pretty landlocked and we've got this lake on the north that that is a challenge to build on um they haven't columbus keeps expanding yeah (laughs) <laughs> so i, I okay. think they're all actually about s- similar size if you look at metropolitan areas but columbus itself is larger because they instead of having a bunch of suburbs they just kind of they kind of, they keep annexing their suburbs so they just keep expanding outwards okay yep i mean it all looks pretty simple to get to um it, and it looks like for daily competition there's ample parking and and stuff like that yeah there's tons of parking there um so yeah i'm not worried worried about parking's the least fortunately parking's the least of our worries there the cool part too is they cardinal is a bit obviously cardinal there's a lot going on at cardinal so they own their own metal fabrication shop they own their own earth moving equipment so for the most part if you need something all you have to do is ask. Now, obviously, at the at the range or at the matches, we're not going to be moving dirt. But if we need something, all we really have to do is ask, and they will figure out a way to get it done. Wow, that's actually pretty impressive. I don't. 
I guess I think uh, I think what like I was saying earlier. I think when I was reading the camping, it's like four hundred campsites or four hundred RVs or something, and then there. Yeah, I think that there's four hundred in the park, right? And then there's a bunch of parking spots that they, you know, even like along the road, there is RV hookups right in the pistol range area. If theoretically, if someone wanted to park right there, that theoretically they could. So you're saying I'm going to find Phil Strader and his RV right here. If I was Phil, I wouldn't recommend it, but <laughs> okay. But I mean, I guess he could. He has a big old RV, so yeah. So my parents do too, and they they always camp up in the in the camping um, in the the park, and it's nice. It's nice. It's just enough. You know, you've got a ton of space and stuff like that too. I mean, it literally looks like. So here is the pistol range you were talking about. Um, oh, I was one off right there. So that's range three. And, and right here is the campground. That is not that far away. Yeah, but you don't want to walk. I mean, it's, it's a mile. Right. But that's, that's, but how long does it take to get a mile from the camp? You know, how many places can you... How many ranges can you go oh. to and be a mile away from where you're competing? You know what I mean? Right. The only thing, and this is a super minor thing, the only thing that would be better is if there was a hotel at this exit. I won't That's disagree. The only... Or a bunch. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, or, or multiple. But the only thing that would be better about this location, in my opinion, is the fact is if there was a hotel. I mean, there are 29 cabins. So... Yeah. I was looking yeah, at and those the staff too. aren't staying right. in the cabins, so we, we try. Oh. We've we've thought about that, um, and unfortunately, the cabins don't have. It's like one queen bed and a yeah. sofa or something like that. So you can't really ask staff members to, hey, you're uh, you're the second staff member. Go ahead and sleep on the sofa. <laughs> right, unless you have a husband wife team or something like that. Of course, it seems like there's a lot of stuff nearby. A lot of space. I like the layout of it, so very, very interesting. It's an awesome range. I'm, I'm grateful to be a part of it. Now for Buckeye Blast, and then later for so I'm I'm there's three times of the year I'm wondering about weather okay. in weather at the beginning of May into June, and then during Iron Sight Nationals, which is I think in what September or somewhere first... October. It's the first weekend of October. Okay. Second weekend of October, something like that. So, so what's the weather like during those times? Um, typically, May, you're going to start out in the maybe 40s and 50s in the, in the morning, and it, it should get up into the mid-70s. Okay. Um, now, it, it could rain. I mean, if you don't like the weather in Ohio, wait five minutes. Spring, right. Right. So, I mean, it's still spring. It could rain. Um, June should be nice. June, I would say, you know, if, if it's not in the, you know, mid eighties, maybe, you know, maybe high seventies, mid eighties, but there's no guarantees. I mean, it's not like it's Florida where you're going to, you know, you know, pretty much where you're going to get in Florida. Right. Um, June very well could be cool, but I mean, when I say cool, you know, high sixties and then October will be similar I think October will actually be very similar in nature to Talladega in October. Um, it, it could oh, be quite okay. cold in the morning, but 
as soon as the sun gets out and it burns off. It could stay cold. It could be more like um, more like Colorado where it stays cold all day. But it, if, as long as the clouds burn out and the and the sun's out, it'll be it'll be warm in the in the in the sun. You guys get many like uh, here in I'll say the northern half of Virginia. June will begin the afternoon thunderstorm period. We don't, I mean, we don't have a, a period where we get an afternoon thunderstorm every day or anything like that. So, okay. I mean, if there's weather coming in, there's weather coming in. But, okay. You know, and the nice part is, and this is something I think was attractive to nationals as well, is there's no limitations on when we can start shooting. So, yeah. Um, yeah. At Talladega, you can't start shooting until nine o'clock in the morning. Um, here, we, we regularly start shooting at eight. And we're also, if you think about the time zone, we're one of the furthest wests in the eastern time zone. So we should yeah. have light later in the, in the day because of that. Um, and then in comparison to Talladega, where they're the kind of the furthest east in the central time zone, they should, you know, they, they lose light about the same time. We're losing light. So we almost get an extra hour of sunlight so during are the same you... time of the year trying to brag that nobody should be using a flashlight at night i mean no guarantees no guarantees <laughs> but but, but chances people are shouldn't have to right hopefully uh, that yeah i don't i that was crazy that you can't sh- start shooting till nine so that although, hour makes a, a staff, big difference it does although as a staff member it was really convenient because oh, I would get sure. to the range at eight, you know, I didn't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning to get to the range. Right. So, well, that's because I'm the not night opposed be- to it. The night before, you're spending half your evening trying to find a place to eat. So, well, so it's funny. We I stayed the first year we went up. We went down there. We stayed in a a big Airbnb right on the lake somewhere, and we did have that problem. But we went the first night. We had that problem. And then the, that night we also went grocery shopping. We just cooked each night from there. Mm, okay. So the, the next year, last year, we stayed at, um, we stayed in Oxford, which is, which is where the ROs stay and everything. Right. And there's tons of stuff to do in Oxford. There is. And so it's all a matter of where in, you stay. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Because I stayed in Oxford the first time, two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, there's just a bevy of everything. I was, you know, there was a, a Walmart just literally minutes from me. Yeah, restaurants, and a, everything. You know, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. There's stuff everywhere. And I was like, uh, but you know, it took me a half hour. I'm like, Talladega's much closer. I'm going to go to Talladega next year. I felt like I was the only human living in Talladega. Nowhere to yeah, eat. So everything was far away. It was ridiculous. It's funny. I last year thought I was getting, getting smart and I got my own Airbnb. And it was like $45 a night. It was the whole, my whole, the whole suite, 45 bucks a night. I was going to be there for a week. So I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Uh, Troy and Jake, you know, Troy and Jake and the, the USPSA can pay for my whole thing because, you know, they were going to pay for half my room at such and such rate anyway. I get there and, and it's in the middle of nowhere in like the back of a trailer. Oh. And it was like, it, put it this way. If you're ever staying in Airbnb, Make sure it has pictures of the outside as well as the inside. Because no, no matter how nice the inside is, 
it still may be in, in, in a terrible, terrible location. Like middle of nowhere. Like I was seriously considering not staying there the first night. And I ended up canceling my reservation and, and moving and, and going somewhere else the, the next couple nights. But I seriously wow. considered not staying there the first night. Yeah. I, I chose a, um, a hotel for last year. I was like, if my wife was with me, we wouldn't be staying here. Yeah. You know? Oh, if, if any anybody else was with me, we wouldn't have been staying there the night that I stayed there, too. Yeah, I took some pictures and some videos and sent them to some friends, and I'm like, holy cow, look at this place. Crazy. It's crazy that they bring in you know, two, three million people for a couple weekends a year, and, and there's, like, no infrastructure in, in, in Tallahassee. Yeah. So I'm okay. I, the Now, the range facility at CMP, love it. It's great. Wish they had about five more bays, <laughs> you know. But beautiful. I mean, you can tell that place was designed with rifle shooting in mind. And I, Absolutely I hope fantastic. the people look at, I, I hope the outcome of, of the Nationals at Cardinal and, and Buckeye Blast is that people look at Cardinal and say, hey, this is this is a great range. They, they balance everything. You know, I, I think people are going to get on the range, get on property and say, man, Talladega really focuses on rifle. Cardinal really focuses on shotgun, which it's true. They do. But at least they're willing to work with us and expand the ranges and, and, and invest some some time and energy into making sure that we have the space for nationals. Yeah, I'm I'm actually pretty excited to uh, you know for nationals and check it out. Now, before we finish this up, is Cardinal Practical Shooters are they the ones doing? And I believe they are. So. I don't think I'm wrong here, but you guys are the ones actually hosting the Falling Steel World Series match, right? So it is at Cardinal. Um, unfortunately, I will be there. I'm the stats guy for that match, but Cardinal itself is not running. Like Cardinal Practical Shooters um, is not running that match. Okay. Um, it's it, it's a another organization that I'm good friends with the owners. So Corey Shield of Shield Manufacturing is, is the match director on that. Okay. I mean, there's a $25,000 in cash and prizes. That's yeah. No, it's going to be a great time. That's uh that's nothing to scoff at. Yeah. But that's the one thing about the Buckeye blast. I wanted to talk to you about real quick. I mean, for Buckeye blast, you guys are giving away, cash prizes as well and from what i can see carry optics is going to be a fifteen hundred dollar first place cash prize yeah that's not too shabby either no not at all and and the reason being um we recognize that it's a challenge to get to matches now not to say that unfortunately we can't pay everybody out we have prioritized making people, you know, essentially making people earn it. So that, that was the thought process behind it is we're not doing it. We're doing a, a few random giveaways. We're not doing a ton of random giveaways, but there is the opportunity to walk home, you know, walk out of there with some, with some hard cash. Yeah. And if 32 more people sign up for um, open, 
Well, then they're you know first place can take home fifteen hundred. Yeah, so I think if I remember correctly, um, Carry Optics right now is above a hundred, Opens mm-hmm. above fifty, and I believe Limit is Limit. It's either Limited or or um, Production is about fifty. Yeah, it is. Yep, Open is sixty eight. Carry Optics is one twenty five, and Limited is at thirty six right now. Okay, so it's just just Open and Limited, or just Open and Carry Optics right now. Correct. But so fifteen hundred for carry optics, five fifty for open right now. Not too shabby. Yeah. So and I know you've got Jay Beal, John Vlieger both shooting carry optics, so uh, Max Michelle. Oh, I didn't see his name on there. Yeah, so the... Max is gonna be there. We may or may not have Glock. Team Glock. So yeah, Team Glock. So Shane Coley and and the likes. Yeah, I, obviously okay. we don't know. By the time this is posted, that may already be public. It may not be. I don't know. So the, I think the um, one of the most exciting parts that I'm excited about is that we, if you, actually, if you look at the logo right there, um, it says Buckeye Speed Shooters, Cardinal Practical Shooters. Yeah. So at the beginning of this year, we merged with Buckeye Speed Shooters which is a 501c3 nonprofit um, organized to fund youth in the sports and organized to fund specifically youth camps in the practical shooting sports. Nice. So we partnered with MPA, which this is why I said that this was the MPA sponsorship was already in the works before limited optics was coming out. Um, We've partnered with MPA to have them create a limited optics gun as a raffle to Mm. support kids camps in Ohio. Okay. So we're doing a limited number of tickets raffle, $25 a ticket for a MPA limited optics gun. Now, do they have to compete in the Buckeye Blast or is it open to anybody to... It's a great question. More details will be coming about that soon. Okay. Um, right now, I'm leaning towards anybody, but we also don't really want to run it through our credit card processing to take mm. income from this. So okay. we'll likely end up doing cash only. So that okay, that'll, let me, that'll be somewhat limiting. What if you had, and I, I don't know the legalities, okay, so don't uh, crucify me, but could you do 25 cash, 30 credit, and then that extra five would pick up the credit card process fee? Or Probably. Um, we've got to walk a fine, and this is not just card, uh, you know, card and practice shooters, Buckeye speed shooters. This is all of us running Stripe. We have to walk a very fine line with utilizing Stripe for anything in the, in gotcha. gun, in the gun world. Right. So, um, you, utilizing Stripe, I believe, I don't know what their stance is on raffles, but I do know that they're not, like, there are people out there that are getting bumped off of Stripe because they're announcing a cash prize for their match. Wow. Okay. They, they, they call it a game of skill. Game of, that's gambling. They, they don't allow it. 
Wow. Okay. So all right, that's what our challenge is right now. So I'm not, you know, that won't go up on our, um, that'll go up on social media here in the next couple of days, the gun raffle. It's not going to go up on our practice score page or anything like that. Um, because Stripe monitors the practice score pages. Wow. I did not know that. Hmm. All the little intricacies you start to learn. Okay. Yeah. I had a, I had an organization that I was a part of, um, they called themselves the Parma Armory and I was bumped off a of stripe because the, because the name armory implied that they sold guns, which they did. But this division, this, this account was never going to be used for selling guns. And we explained that to the people, to the robots at stripe and the robots said, sorry, it says armory. Don't know what to tell you. Wow. Okay. So we just need to, start a credit card company that is two-way friendly yeah there are they are out there unfortunately the integration with practice score um the the, the smaller credit card processing organizations that are that are two-way friendly don't integrate as easily as stripe does and stripe has kind of become the 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 credit card processing the software synonymous with easy integration right Hmm. Okay. So that's the biggest, that, that's the challenge there. And we, we yeah. may end up opening up a separate credit card processing for this raffle. I don't know yet. More, more details will be announced here in the next couple of weeks, couple of days. Yeah. I, I was just asking because I figured the more people you could open it up to, the more money it brings in, the more money to help support your cause, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. One thing is we only have 300, we're only selling 350 raffle tickets. We didn't want to, um, we want mm. the, the odds to be decent. decent. Yeah. <laughs> so I hear we are only selling 350 raffle tickets, 70 or about 75 of them are already spoken for, for the staff. Um, we were initially going to just raffle off the gun to the staff and we wanted people to have an opportunity to win it and raise some money for a good cause. So we are going to okay. put 75 aside for the staff because they're working hard all week. Well, Corey, that's all I had. Is there anything you wanted to touch on that we didn't talk about? I don't think so. I think um, just if anyone wants to shoot, come on out and it's going to be a good time. Yeah, the matches look like they're going to be pretty, uh, pretty awesome. So good luck with your Buckeye Blast, okay? Thanks. And we'll see you on the range at Nationals most likely. Absolutely. Until next time. Don't be a little bitch. Yeah.